Hey there, Sister Catherine here at Touching the Sunrise podcast, and and I'm here this morning with Jeanette for a conversation again on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's so lovely to be here, Sister. Thank you for inviting me. I think this is the fourth gift of the Holy Spirit that we're reflecting on, and we're going to be talking today about the Holy Spirit's gift of counsel. And I found this paragraph in the book, Divine Intimacy. It's an older copy of the book. And of course, this was written by Father Gabriel of St. Mary Magdalene. And he talks under the Holy Spirit as sweet guest of the soul. And he asks this question, if the Holy Spirit is this impulse of love that, that comes to us to sanctify us and to bring us to God, why do we not all become saints? You know, why am I not a saint? This is the question I ask. These tremendous gifts of the Holy Spirit that were given to me by baptism, why am I not yet a saint? And of course, here the mystery of human responsibility enters in because we were created as free beings and, and God wishes us to be free beings. And so when the Holy Spirit comes to us, he respects our liberty and he does no violence forcing us to follow him and to love him and to be with him. So although he is eager to enter our souls and to possess it, he will not act unless we give him access. St. Teresa of Jesus, he says, liked to insist, God does not force anyone. He takes what we give him, but he does not give himself wholly to us until we give ourselves wholly to him. He ends each of his chapters, because that can make us discouraged too. Right. <laughs> How do I give myself wholly to God? But he ends each of these chapters with prayers from saints. They're marvelous. But I wanted to share a paragraph of one of the prayers he included at the end of this chapter. And the prayers from St. John Hughes. We were asking the question, how can I give myself holy to God? That's pretty much what we're going to be talking about today mm -hmm. in the gift of counsel. We are so poor, so needy. We really have to beg the Holy Spirit to come to us, to show us how to give ourselves holy to him. So as we begin, I just really like to read this prayer yes. from St. John Hughes. Oh, Divine Spirit, he says, I give myself entirely to you. I give myself entirely to you. Take possession of my soul. Direct me in everything. And grant that I may live as a true child of God, as a true member of Jesus Christ. Grant that, born of you, I may totally belong to you, be totally possessed, animated, and directed by you. And isn't that the goal of what we're hoping will come about through our own study and uh, deepening of the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. It's this whole idea of being ready and being complete and being open to it. Yeah, I'd like to begin actually with a story. 20 years ago, I was working in the apostolate in, in a department, and the interesting thing was everything that I tried to do was blocked. 
I was young. I was a new department manager. I had great ideals and I probably was trying to prove myself and you know, I'd had a stroke before, so I was trying to really prove myself that I really had something to give now. So I felt like for a whole year when everything was being blocked, all I was doing was treading water or more accurately, I was thinking. And I remember speaking with my spiritual director about this, that it seemed to me, as I said to God, it's very counterproductive <laughs> to set it up so that we block each other along the way. And if you really want to get something done, there must certainly be a better way to get it done. But I told my spiritual director, even though a part of me wanted to say that, another part of me had a sense that everything was precisely the way it should be. A part of me was crying out to God that he certainly should do things differently if he really was serious. <laughs> about getting things done. If he was serious about this project, like we would say, he would be more efficient about it. But another part of me just sank beneath his mighty hand and, and blessed him for my undoing. So as we begin, I invite you to possibly remember a time when circumstances in your life left you confused, or deflated, or angry, or, or just unsure of the best way forward. It takes a lot of prudence, I think, to reason out the best steps to take, what things really mean, which options to choose, or sometimes the most effective words that, that you could say. And without realizing it, when we're analyzing and figuring it out, I realize that I can make decisions unknowingly based on what I believe is fair or fair to me or what we feel or what I want for myself. When we are hurt, we can strike out at other people even as we think we are responding virtuously to them or, or helping them. So it's, it's at these times when we need more than our own devices to understand what is happening in particular events in our life or judgments we need to make, it's then that we need the Holy Spirit's gift of counsel that comes to our assistance. So what is the gift of counsel? This gift actually belongs to the virtue of prudence if we're pairing up the counsels or the gifts with the virtues. It's paired up with the virtue of prudence. So counsel enables a person to judge promptly, correctly, and intuitively what should be done in a difficult situation. It's like a, a very profound penetrating intuition. The gift of counsel then perfects and elevates the virtue of prudence. So one of the things I love about going into this, doing this series, Sister, and really delving into both the gifts of the Spirit and as we did on the retreat, some sort of more ancillary things to them is that God pairs them up perfectly, you know, just as, as the, as the gift of counsel comes from the Holy spirit, we can help it come along by the virtue of prudence. And, and so it's, it's not like we don't have any way of helping ourselves. It's not like we don't have an arsenal of sorts 
to try and open ourselves up more to whatever gift it is that we're receiving. But prudence is a particularly interesting virtue because it's, it, it lives both in our practical selves. It's prudence that helps us judge. And I'm not talking here about judging others, but judging whether something is right or wrong for ourselves. And it also lives in our will. So the will of being able to say, I am going to do this. I'm going to set aside time to do this. This is going to carry me through whether I feel like it or not. So we've got this, this practical side where our intellect is making judgments and our will is sort of in charge of ordering our body and our mind to follow through on all that. And all of that comes from prudence, which is a really really useful virtue, it seems to me. It enables us to reason so we can go from point to point. It allows us to make a real attempt to look at all the various sides of a complex problem before we act. I don't know if you remember last time, but one of the things that we recommended was don't jump into something. Uh, take a moment and Think about it before you respond. Well, this is another part of that where you've got the time, take the time, prudence tells you to take the time to really look at every point of view. If there's a group of people who are disagreeing, don't just tell everyone else that they're wrong and that you're right, but try to find out why they're coming from the direction they're coming from and to understand it and to take it into account. And if we do this often enough, as, as older authors would say, with habitual exercise. But if we do this often enough, we'll get better at it. Anything that we practice, we get better at. And if we really practice prudence, we will get much better at it and it will come more naturally to us. It will not, however, be as important in our lives or as, as simple as the gift that comes with it. And that, of course, is the gift of counsel. We have to work at the virtues. We are given the gifts. Whereby, so in, in counsel, the practical intellect overcomes difficult matters with alacrity because of a divine impulse guiding the soul to do this rather than to be caught in indecision. So you can almost see the difference between gift and virtue in terms of speed and decisiveness. You know, we have to take things slowly. We take the virtue... And we have to take it slowly because we need to reason things through, whereby something coming from the Holy Spirit is a gift. Boom, it's right there. The other part of it, if you're looking at, at, at prudence, and I feel sometimes like I'm saying someone's name, as we have often, at least in the past, named people after some of these gifts. As I look at prudence, I'm thinking I need to be analyzing. In other words, I need to look into the situation. The more important the action is I'm considering taking, the more analysis or reflection I should give to it before I act. It is never a good idea to rush into anything. Our mothers told us that, our teachers told us that, probably our children told us that, and yet humanity tends to, especially in a culture that is dependent on the immediacy of gratification, it's difficult to do this, but we need to take it slowly and think it through. In the gift of counsel, our Lord says, when they're questioning you, putting you on trial, testing and persecuting you, take no thought on what you are to say. It shall be given to you 
what you are to say. And there's the difference. We take the time to think through what we need to do when we're discovering the, the virtue of prudence. But when we're looking at the gift of counsel, it's about trust. Just breathe through it. It will be given to you what you are to say. So of course there are emergencies in all of our lives and you've got to make a decision and you've got to make a decision fast. I'm not saying you should sit around and wonder if you should call an ambulance or not. That is not the kind of emergency that, that prudence um, has a lot to say to. So if, but if you're not in an emergency situation and you feel like you're not ready to make a decision, listen to that voice. That's the voice of prudence. That's the voice of the Holy Spirit. Trust the Holy Spirit. If you are not ready to make the decision, do not do it yet. You must be willing to do God's will. And that's why discerning the gift of counsel is priceless. There's just one important condition, and that's the disposition of your soul or my soul or our soul. We must always want to do God's will. This does not come to us just because. It comes to us because we are open and wanting to do what is right. I love um, the way we're talking, the way you've actually been leading us to think about the gift of counsel because it really makes me think that the Holy Spirit is not vague. The Holy Spirit doesn't come in generalities into our life. He comes into specific situations where, where we have decisions to make, where, where we have to look at our own dispositions. Do I really want God's will? Is that what my goal is here? So the spiritual life is also not lived in vague general, generalities. It's lived right. specifically has lived, lived in concrete situations, and it's lived with complete trust in the Holy Spirit. And I believe that the more closely we are united with Him, the more that we can go then through our life and do almost humanly impossible things, mm -hmm. but do them wisely and correctly. And it's because we're being guided by the Spirit of God. Things that, decisions that other people wouldn't make, Sometimes decisions that humanly don't make sense, mm -hmm. but Often, yes. are, are uh, decisions that are being made by the Holy Spirit. Um, I remember a, a community having to choose whether or not to close a school. And in the end, after a lot of discernment, you know, so this wasn't a speedy decision, they, they decided um, against all odds to keep that school open. And, and that was not every decision they made was that way. Not every decision about a school that they ran was that decision. But in this case, they really felt that the Holy Spirit was calling them to this decision in this situation. So the question is, how do we call upon the Holy Spirit? Sometimes we want words to make it easy. Sometimes, sometimes we just need words from a very holy person. Right. One of these sets of words, one of these prayers, one of these almost spiritual guidance traditions that has been passed down to us really from the last century came from Cardinal Mercier, who was a Belgian cardinal, who died in January 1926. He was a noted scholar, 
a Thomas scholar, who's also a bishop and a cardinal. And with all of that, he wrote this very simple piece of advice that I'm going to share with you. He said, I am going to reveal to you the secret of sanctity and happiness. Every day for five minutes, control your imagination and close your eyes to all the noises of the world in order to enter into yourself. Then in the sanctuary of your baptized soul, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit, speak to that divine spirit saying to him. And it's a very simple prayer. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, I adore you. Enlighten me, guide me, strengthen me, console me. Tell me what I should do. Give me your orders. I promise to submit myself to all that you desire of me and to accept all that you permit to happen to me. Let me only know your will. There's nothing vague about that. Nothing vague <laughs> about that. And then he says, if you do this, your life will flow along happily, serenely, and full of consolation, even in the midst of trials. Grace will be proportionate to the trial, giving you the strength to carry it, and you will arrive at the gate of paradise laden with merit. This submission to the Holy Spirit is the secret of sanctity. You know, sister, as you're talking about, about Cardinal Mercier and about how to, what he, what he says is to essentially make your life a good life. I'm struck by how, how important it is that we are looking at these gifts of the Holy Spirit because these aren't prayers that, that people tend to pray daily. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we all have the prayers that we pray daily and they're all about the Father and the Son. And the Holy Spirit kind of gets tacked on at the end. Whereas what he is saying here is, is this really is the core. This is everything because this is where the Father and the Son come together. And I, I, just, I plan to pray that prayer every day now. <laughs> but let's get back to the gift of counsel, which is the one we, we're talking specifically about today. And I think that what it is, is it's trying to put you in a position, you, me, all of us, in a position where we can be receptive. It's not enough to say, oh my gosh, my day is going terribly, help me, help me, help me, and expect miracles to happen, although I'm sure they could. But we have to be in a space, we have to be docile, we have to be receptive to the council, and and we have to be willing to have the courage to then put into effect what it is that we're hearing from, from the gift of counsel. What mostly this has to do in general is not in the tiniest things, but in the great things like sanctification and salvation. But it also is enabling people to look at individual acts and decide, is this a good thing that ought to be done 
or is this a bad thing that ought to be avoided? And if you are putting yourself into that, that prayer, that, that's, that so beautiful prayer that, that Sister Catherine just said, make yourself receptive, make yourself open, and ask the question, then that is taking counsel as opposed to, well, I'm going to figure it out on my own. Mm-hmm. Counsel is made in view of your own personal sanctification and your ultimate end. So really what this gift of counsel prompts you to ask yourself is, is this an action that will lead to holiness? Is this an action that will lead to heaven? And if you use that as the way you judge your potential acts and thoughts, it puts them in a completely new light. Wow. You know, Jeanette, these gifts, all of them together, they really respond to to just about everything that we could encounter in our life, every situation, every difficulty, and, and every desire for greatness and holiness. And it's just amazing. It's like a whole program of life. It is. It actually, I was thinking that when we were first working on this, and we do, of course, at, at Pauline Books and Media, have a book that's called Plan of Life. And I was thinking this could be called the plan of life because I cannot imagine a question or insecurity or issue or problem or pain that you could not look at the gifts of the Holy Spirit and find one that is going to answer that problem, that is going to deal with that pain, that is going to inspire you to act like rightly. There's nothing there. There's nothing else. I mean, we need, obviously, we need more. But in terms of our daily life, in terms of if you wanted a rule of life, this could be your rule of life. It's just, it, it's phenomenal. And it, and it goes from the overarching themes of salvation down to the, you know, the little itty gritty bits of life. Um, it's everything is in here. One of the things it does, of course, is help us make decisions, which we've kind of been talking about. And sometimes those decisions are easier to make than others. Right now, for example, our church is dealing with darkness that is weighing heavily on everybody in the church. And we all have to have decisions on how to respond to that, how to become holy, how to give back to our creator everything he's given us, how to live for God's glory. These are incredibly important decisions. And on the other hand, we have so much pressure in lives today. And I look at young people and I cannot imagine how difficult it must be for them because we've got the pressures of the internet. We've got the pressures of a world that seems to have speeded up incredibly where gratification needs to be immediate, where people are constantly angry, where there may or may not be enough food for everybody, where there's jealousy, where there's ambition, where there's avarice, where, you know, this whole Greed and I want more, I want more, I want more seems to be the theme of our time. And sometimes it can feel like the tsunami of stuff. And it's in and of itself, you look at it and say, well, it's not that terrible. You know, Peter does it and Peter's got a good life. But the truth is, these are not the things that the Spirit is saying to us, make for a holy life and make for a good life and make for a life that's well-lived, which at the end of the day is something that we all want. So when we're feeling that tsunami, when we're feeling the pressure of the immediate response of saying, 
yes to things, of saying no to things without thinking them through and praying them through. This is when you call for help. This is this wonderful moment where you've got this lifeline where you can call to the Holy Spirit and say, help, help me figure this out. Don't figure this out for me. Don't take me out of this situation. I'm a big girl. I can make decisions, but I need your help in making those decisions. Uh, one of the things I love about the Holy Spirit is that the Spirit constantly treats us like adults, thinking, feeling, understanding adults. The Holy Spirit knows that we have brains, these great brains that God gave us, hearts that God gave us, and that we are competent to make these decisions with guidance and help. And that's what we need to keep remembering is that I can do this, but I can't do this alone. We've got this together. So we call out to the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God responds. It responds to this plea through the gift of, here we are back to our, our, our themes for today, the gift of counsel. And it's through counsel that he enriches and perfects the virtue of prudence and guides your soul from within, enlightening it. There's that wonderful word again where just we had this darkness and now this brightness of knowledge and understanding and counsel and prudence, enlightening it about what to do, especially when it's a matter of important choices. So I can think of things like responding to a possible vocation, a path that, that you might follow amongst difficulties and obstacles, choosing, as, as, as the poet said, do I go to the right or do I go to the left, which is the way not taken, which is the right way for me. When you're making these huge, huge, huge decisions, this is the time when you just need to keep saying, be with me, show me counsel, help my prudence. Confirm that the deliberation of mortals are timid and unsure are our plans. That's me quoting from the book of wisdom and says that we don't really know what we're doing. So yes, we want to do the right thing. We absolutely do. Please help us. I love the way Jeanette, you're able to bring together so many aspects of, of a topic and integrate them all together, and I, I just like to pick out one of them, one of the things you said about how the Holy Spirit guides his soul from within, and just zero down now into the person who's listening to this podcast, into myself, into yourself. How do we know that the Holy Spirit is guiding us from within? And I, I just, I, I don't really have an answer completely for that. That's not my point. I've been bringing it up. But it's to bring up one thing that makes it difficult to hear the Holy Spirit. And that one thing is that we tend to make decisions unconsciously based on what's good for us or what we like or don't like. Right. So after the fall of Adam and Eve, as many people have heard me say, <laughs> um, things got a little backwards. And instead of our, our mind being king, being queen, and our understanding and being able to think through things, instead it's our craving, it's our passions. And so we look at people, we look at things and stuff and situations about what's good for me, what's um, going to make me happy, what's going to satisfy 
this craving within me, whatever it may be. And if we begin to realize that and look and see like, yeah, when someone's offering me an opportunity, my first thought is, I don't like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's going to cause too much ruckus in my life or whatever. You know, even just on a human level, it doesn't make sense to do things that way. The better thing on a human level is to stop and say, let me take your, your proposal and let me think about it to see what's really ultimately going to be for the good of my family, the good of the world, the glory of God, whatever is your criteria on a natural level. And then you say, okay, I'm going to like this because my, I know that this is, is a good thing to do. But honestly, if you take that idea into a spiritual realm, then I had an example last night I was sharing earlier with you, Jeanette. I'll just share it quickly here. But, um, you know, in the evening, I was, a lot of times I will just check up on some news on my, my phone before I go to bed. And I had been reading a spiritual book in the chapel. And I said, my hand reached for the phone. And then I stopped because we had been studying the gift of counsel together. <laughs> and I said, I stopped and I said, I asked, is this what you want for me? Like I put my understanding first. I asked the question, is this really for my holiness? Or has it become a habit? Is it something that's um, satisfying me on some level? And you know what? I actually heard the answer, no. <laughs> and it was like, oh, okay. Well, then I have a choice now to pick up my phone or to not pick up my phone. <laughs> and um, so when, when we step away from the passions, step away from the automatic behavior and response, responsiveness, reactiveness, and we actually ask those questions. We put our understanding first. And we ask the Holy Spirit, is this what you want from me? Is this what is truly going to bring about my holiness or the good of others or the glory of God? You will hear a very slight, quiet, or loud answer. And then it's your choice to follow the counsel of the Holy Spirit or not. So I just want to put, if you ask, you will hear. <laughs> and I want to add to that, that sometimes you'll hear without asking. I have, and, and I, I suspect many other people have had this experience where I am about to do something or not do something. And there's just, you know, people refer to it as a gut feeling sometimes mm -hmm. that, you know, this isn't good. And I still do it because my brain says I want to do it. And often when that happens, I find out that that quote-unquote gut feeling was the right one, was, was setting me on the right path, and I chose to ignore it. And I know that, you know, out in the secular world, that's the way people say it, and who knows what it means for them. But for me, that is always the Holy Spirit. I didn't even ask for help. The Holy Spirit was so anxious that I was about to do something that wasn't really well thought through that he's trying to save me there and say, uh, wait, think about this. And I said, no, I don't want to. And I can say, 
absolutely invariably, every time that has happened, mm. it has turned out to be my brain made the wrong decision, the bad decision, and my um, Holy Spirit voice inside me was bringing me to what was right. So, That's so true. I have experienced every single time myself. <laughs> it's, it's, and yet we still don't learn from it, do we? <laughs> no, no, no. But from now on, now I'll think about it differently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that once you, we tend to think of things, the natural things, things on earth as things on earth. And we don't, we don't allow for the supernatural to be part of it. And so we say things like, oh, I had a gut feeling. Well, you know, it's not just a gut feeling. This is the Holy Spirit. This is God trying to take care of you, even if you do not particularly want to be taken care of right now. So, so yes, I think that Part of it is recognizing that we need to be in a space to ask the Holy Spirit to give us counsel, especially when we have decisions to make. But also, we really need to be open to the least whisper of his voice because it is there. His Holy Spirit does not just come when we call. This is not, you know, our new pet dog. Oh, come help me, please, now, and then go away when I'm done. The Holy Spirit is with us all the time. We can ask for, for the Spirit's help, but the Spirit is still there and still working within us and wanting us to exercise prudence and to take the right path. So anyway, so that kind of integrates into, and you can imagine it any way you want because we visualize things differently. As I say, I've always identify that as a gut feeling just because I sort of feel it in my stomach. But you can also think of or conceptualize counsel as a new breath that's in your conscience um, so that, that there's whatever part of your body you sort of locate the conscience that knows what's right and knows what's wrong and makes decisions around that. The, the gift of counsel is that breath in that conscience and it's, it's informing it. It's saying, yeah, this is good. That isn't so good. This is, this is, let's it. this is becoming, you're starting to go in a direction that maybe you shouldn't go in. Here's what's really more fitting for your soul. That's a quote actually fitting for the soul from St. Bonaventure. But that just however you visualize it, and I just really would encourage you to visualize it however it works for you. However you visualize it, the conscience, the gift of counsel, this is the healthy part of you. This is the God part of you that you want to keep feeding and, and encouraging and nurturing. The Gospel of Matthew talks about the healthy eye, an eye which acquires, as it were, a new pupil by means of which it's able to see better what to do in a given situation, no matter how intricate and difficult. Aided by this gift, the Christian penetrates the true meaning of gospel values, in particular those expressed in the Sermon on the Mount. So to say, therefore, it's a really good thing for us to be asking for the gift of counsel. We should be asking it for ourselves, for the pastors of our church, who are so often called by the demands of their work to make arduous and agonizing decisions. And we really need to be asking for it for, for everybody. So what habits in our daily life can we begin to inculcate 
that will help us grow in responsiveness to the voice of the Spirit, who is the guest of our soul, particularly begging for this gift of counsel. So what habits in our daily life will help us grow in responsiveness to the voice of the Holy Spirit, who is really the guest of our soul? Incorporate these two qualities of heart and you will prepare your soul for a more intense activation of the gift of counsel in your life. The first one is to develop the habit of speaking directly to the Holy Spirit about your not knowing what to do, not knowing which option is best, or how to most effectively address another person or a situation. And then beg the Holy Spirit for light and guidance. Begin to admit that despite every good intention and all our talents and gifts, in some circumstances, it's only the Holy Spirit who can gift us the wisdom we need to decide aright. We cannot just snap our fingers for the Spirit's guidance. We often need to wait upon the Lord with patience and humility. And second, notice your experience when you are attached to your own judgments and your own will. St. John of the Cross in his book, Spiritual Maxims, advises us, renounce your desires and you shall find that which your heart desires. How do you know if what you desire is according to God? So notice your experience when you are attached to your own judgments, your own will, and also notice your experience when you act under the impulse of the Spirit. And what is different? Very good advice. Well, let us bring to an end um, this day that I think that many of us will continue to think about in the future and the gift of counsel. The Spirit's gift of counsel or right judgment enables us to choose the right course of action, especially in difficult circumstances. Counsel helps us direct the principles provided by the gifts of knowledge and understanding and puts them in actual situations that confront us in the course of our daily lives. This gift can be considered as supernatural common sense an invaluable resource in our pursuit of Christian living. And my reading today is just one very short line, but I think it works well with our theme. It's taken from the Psalms and it says, You, Lord, guide me according to your plan, and in the end, you will take me into splendor. And let us pray. Come, Spirit of Counsel, help and guide me in all my ways, so that I may always choose what is right, even in difficult circumstances. Direct my heart to all that is good, and lead me along the path of your commandments to the goal of eternal life. Amen. Amen. The old adage is, you are the friends you keep, 
So if you have enjoyed this podcast, I invite you to the Touching the Sunrise Heartwork community. We're an internet intentional group of pilgrims on the way to our eternal homeland, where our citizenship already is. It is a place where you can ask your hard questions, walk with ever-growing strength in this veil of tears, with a bit of heaven in our hearts. We are all pilgrims on the way, but we don't need to walk alone. As always, you can find more support along the way at touchingthesunrise.com. You can find my group on Facebook, sign up for my bi-weekly letter, Touching the Sunrise, or participate in the Heartwork community. So I hope I see you around. May the spirit who has been poured out upon you flood your spirit with a new and radiant dawn. God bless.